0: and upload. That's simple. Join Anchor.fm today and get to podcasting.
1: Yo, 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 podcast land, podcast land. I got an announcement to make. First of all, you are now tuned into the official full disclosure podcast distributed by yours truly, DJ Big Dog. Y'all know me from Who They Want podcast. But now I am CEO of Who They Want Entertainment, LLC. And my first order of business is to give this lovely queen her proper flowers, respect, and honor. Y'all know she's a Who They Want alumni. She has the most appearances on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, full disclosure with Rainbow Fro 87 How you doing, lady?
0: Oh, I love that intro. You always do it up. I am doing well. Uh, How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Can't complain. It's raining here in Florida, but hey, the Mm sun still shines somewhere.
0: Exactly. That's a positive attitude. And um, I'm so excited to be here again. Um, Life is, it keeps going, you know, And, and as we evolve, it's just good to be able to come back and be with those that you are comfortable with and that make you feel like home. So thank you so much for having me back. Um, Most definitely. And under a new uh, kind of arena here because uh, your business has evolved uh, since we've known each other for, I want to say it's been almost a year, if not yep. a whole year, right?
1: Yep, we definitely yeah. made that mark, so salute <laughs> to that.
0: Yes, <laughs> well, the clap. This is what I learned from watching Legendary. This is how they <laughs> clap <laughs> at the ball, at the drag ball. Okay. So, but I mean, that's a great segue because, um, you know, being an entrepreneur is something that is a, often misunderstood. Sometimes it's like glorified, but it really is like hard work and hard work because, you know, we're not just like working for somebody else and fulfilling their expectations. When you're an entrepreneur, you are pretty much putting yourself all of you got into something and try to make it into a reality pretty much um true story so i always like to think of like entrepreneurs as creators uh, i know that word is like big when you're when it comes to like content creation and social media but even if you are not a content creator and you're a business person you're literally creating something out of nothing so i like to kind of align it to just my faith based mentality is that God is a creator, right? And so Mm -hmm. God made all of us in his image. And so we are creators. So not only are we here to be fruitful and multiply, but in that we are here to create and not only create tangible things, but create space and create services for helping people. And this is exactly what you're doing here is pretty much helping me share my voice and share my opinions and allowing others to uh tune in and share theirs so Absolutely. thank you for that again
1: <laughs> you're definitely <laughs> thank you, thank you already know the
0: essence of it right
1: right since the first episode of full disclosure for those yeah. of you that are true followers on anchor.fm you would know that she goes unfiltered undisturbed yeah. <laughs> she gives you her all I can and talk i'm talking talk. about this is you get to know Rainbow Fro outside of Rainbow Fro in a daily life. For those of you who yeah. probably know her in her daily routine, but this exactly. is just a little more free, freestyle form of her. So, exactly. y'all just give her exactly. her respect. Y'all already know she rocks with yes. who they want, who they want rocks with
0: her. You did <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. And, and, and with that, you know, when it comes to being an entrepreneur and, and creating something, right? Um, part of the brand that I created for myself was it was a, yet another spin off of the many different things that I do but it's about balance right so i think the biggest thing and i and i don't like to come with like i know everything about you know business and stuff like that i i'm not an expert like i don't have any textbook quotes or you know things that i can say this is what you should do but um, basically from my experience It's kind of like you feel your way through it, even if you, let's say, have a degree in business, um, the experience of working with people and selling yourself, Mm -hmm. it's like really about building your confidence. And so when you do go out there, you're absolutely sure that what you're going to put out there is going to work, even if it doesn't work. Right. You just believe in yourself 100 percent. And so. You get that feedback. If people say, you know, we like this, we don't like this, you take that criticism and you turn it into something constructive so that Great. you can um, continue to build. And so Rainbow for the Brand is basically that. Is that I was working so hard as an educator and working in business and around Chicagoland area. And I was consumed by it, literally. Like every waking moment I was thinking about... How I was going to create more revenue? How I was gonna get more clients? How I was gonna, you know, uh, get more instructors and train people and all of these things? And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But the bad thing was I wasn't practicing self-care. I wasn't allowing myself to be authentic in, mm-hmm. you know, my spaces. And with education, when you're working with, you know, children, you can't be a certain way. You have to, you know, you have to be ethical. I'll
1: just put right. it that way.
0: So um, Rainbow for the Grand was an evolution of me creating a space where I could be free to be myself in a space that was allowing and um, and then creating that balance for myself. And honestly, it worked better, worked in my favor because I was able to say, "Okay, you know, after I'm done with the kids, I can go home and I could be an adult. And I could also, you know, be an entertainer and an actress and a motivational speaker and a writer and all of the things and a fashionista and all the things that that make me me. And so that I didn't have to, you know, completely let one part of me die off just for the sake of being this like proper business, you know, face um, and educator. So um, that's just one thing that I've been through that might help somebody that if they are in a business where they feel like they can't be authentically themselves or that type of business is not where they can ex- truly express every part of themselves, um, create more, you know, create more spaces for yourself. As a creator, you have that power and you don't. And I and I literally woke up one day and I was like, I'm telling my students to, and I tell I tell the story all the time. I'm telling okay. my students to reach their goals. I'm telling them to, you know, have dreams and aspirations. And they're like, oh, what do you wanna do? And I'm like, well, I wanna write books and I wanna be a plus size model. And, you know, as I listen to myself saying those things and I'm telling them, you know, follow your dreams 100%, I'm not doing that, right? I wasn't doing that. And and so, and I was telling my adult students that, so not the kids, but, but, you know, but I was like, you know, not, doing what i wasn't practicing what i was preaching and so one day i woke up and i was like i i was like i'm just gonna try something i'm just gonna do it and mm-hmm. then um see what happens and see how i feel because you know a lot of times people will say you should do this because you're good at it right or you should you should do this and um this will benefit others or whatever but i was doing something specifically authentically for myself um and essentially it became a way that i can monetize it but um it didn't start out that way it was pure just trial and error <laughs> and so uh, so i encourage anybody out there that is you know looking to start their business or they already have a business and they want to expand or do something else you can do that too you know um and a lot of times what, you know, business school, or if you read business books, they'll tell you is you have to have X amount of dollars before you start and then your business will be successful. Well, I can tell you that that's not true because you can have $10 and start a business. Okay. You can have $0 and start a business. And it really is about marketing and creating the brand, right? Branding is super important. Um, I started my business literally. I'll I'll just tell you the truth. Like I lost my job. I had a 401k. I cashed out of that. I had like $800 left. My rent was due and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make money. Now, of course I could have went to McDonald's and got a job and there's nothing wrong with that. But for what I was looking for and what I wanted, I didn't want to do that. Or I at least wanted to try something else. So that pushed me that like, space of uncertainty pushed me to say, you know what? I'm gonna just see if people want to teach their kids Spanish. And that's the skill that I have. Like what skill do I have? I, can, I speak Spanish. People might wanna learn it. Who should I market to? So I literally got on my laptop. It was an old HP Pavilion. I typed up some flyers. Um, I've typed up the curriculum. And then the very next day, I literally Googled my zip code and found all the daycares and all the places in my zip code and called them up and said you know hey are you looking to add this program to your to your school i got some not right now's i got some no but i got some yeses though and then i went for it and i literally was literally like i had nothing you know say i didn't even have a car i was on the bus okay i had a suitcase that I painted with a whole bunch of little flags from different Spanish speaking countries. And I got on that bus and I filled it with books and toys and curriculum and everything I needed to teach my class. And I went around to those different daycares, did a little demo for them, and I got a couple contracts within the first couple weeks. Now, awesome. It's a miracle story. But at the same time, it can happen to you, you know? So whatever True. your passion is, whatever your skill is, if you want to turn it into a business, please do it. Please do it because. I feel like, I know people have told me that I changed their lives and changed their perspective on language and learning just from that. So please do it. And even with Rainbow Fro, like people have come to me and told me like that they I've inspired them to do certain things or to think of things a certain way just by having a platform where more people can interact with me. And um, And then even, you know, people that are just kind of like seeing that at the point where I started, now I have like two or three different businesses within my brand. They're like, oh wow, you just you have all these different things and you just are fearless. And I was like, I literally just am trying throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> that's my That's
1: problem. how it works though. <laughs> like that's the beauty of entrepreneurship. It's mm-hmm. just trying something random with the gut feeling of this just going to work. Even if it don't work the first time, you just have this determination to like not quit. So it's a great message of like, I encourage anybody like it don't even have to be podcast or anything like that. Just start somewhere with something you're passionate about Mm -hmm. and then just let it fly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, so another thing that I think that, it was helpful for me. Like once you get into it and let's say you realize, okay, this business is going to like, what should I charge Is or whatever services or whatever product you have? Like that's the biggest thing. Like what, how much money is this going to make me? And I know at some point you're going to ask yourself that because the goal not only is the mission, but also is revenue. So I always tell people that, you know, you're going to, you're in it now. So you got to sit down and ask yourself, what is this going to, how, what is the return on my investment? And if it, if your investment is $0, right, you're still trying to make, you're still trying to flip it. <laughs> you're still trying to flip that. Right. So don't think of like $0 as like tangible money that you pay into something because your time is money. So if you have to travel or if you have to talk to people to get contracts, which majority of the time you gotta you gotta market. So that's that's your time, right? So right. think about time equals money from now on. Your time is money. So anytime you're talking to somebody, marketing your business, you have to factor that into, you know, what you want to get out of it. So I always look at it like when it come when I came to businesses that I was working with, a majority of them are black owned businesses. Um, I wanted, of course, I wanted the the majority of those businesses to contract with me. Um, so I talked about what their needs are, right? I would right. I would make it so much client base. Tell them like, you know, how can we meet your needs? And then from there, I would tell them how much I charge. I don't ask them how much they would pay me. I would tell them how much I charge. That way, I have a basis of knowing what they, their needs are, and if I can fulfill all their needs under the, what I charge, then that's good. If it's gonna, if they cannot, you know, um, afford that, then we can scale back and do something that they can afford under what I charge. Right. So that's how I feel. I feel like people kind of flop in the beginning of their business is they try to give people discounts before they establish a price. Right. Right. And Um, And i think that established price should be based on how much time like what is your skill set is this something that anybody can do probably not right because you offer something special for the world because it's you two what how much time is it going to take you to prepare to travel to you know to evaluate this whatever your business is product is make it whatever that is what's the time frame that's going to take you to produce and then also your materials so Materials are cost, you know, whether it's construction paper, whether it's shea butter, whether it's uh, electronic equipment, those are things that you've invested in. Even if you already own them, they still are a part that you have to factor into your usage. So they don't know that you just, you know, you've had this stuff for five years laying around your house. They don't right. have to know that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you have to really just set your price and understand it and be. Um, set with it in your mind, because yeah, you're gonna get people to say like, "We can't afford that" or "That's too much." But if you have a conversation with the client and you're saying, "What do you need?" Then you can always double back and say, "Okay, well, I said you said that you need, um, you said said you need curriculum, you need books, you need story time, whatever like that." This is how much I charge. But if you don't, you know, if you can't afford that price how about we do this, some of your needs for this price and make it a reasonable thing, you know, make it reasonable, not necessarily offering all of your services for a discount, just offer what they can't afford, right? Uh-huh. So that's how I look at it. That's one of the tips I would say, because um, I've seen a lot of people, even my business partner would say like, oh, let's offer them a discount. And I'm like, we haven't even told them what the price is. <laughs> How, how do we know they? Then people are gonna pay. Listen, people are gonna pay if you sound confident in what your price is, and you don't and you don't say, "Well, I'm new at this," or, you know, I uh, or it's it's pretty it's pretty good. You know, if you sound uh about it, that's when people are gonna try to talk you down.
1: One hundred percent true.
0: Mm-hmm. So I, that's one of my tips. I have to say, whatever your business is, whether it's direct service or a product. Establish your prices set them and if you want to do a sale after you've been established after you've established your clientele and you want to offer some type of Referral discount or something where you can continue to make more clients off of it. Okay Do that, you know, you can offer your loyal customers a referral discount for bringing in more people. That's totally that's a good strategy but um, not just off the bat, like, oh, well, now that you've been with us three months, we're going to lower the price 50%. Nah, 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 nah. You're going you're gonna to starve yourself out as, a, as an entrepreneur. So those are just my little tips and tricks of what I've learned in the business. And evolution of business is also like, just like what you did, Big Dog, because, you know, you may start out and say, this is what I do. And then over time, you realize this is the need. And you're like, I can actually evolve my business into that, you know, or I can offer that too, you know? So for you to have a podcast and say, I'm going to invite people on my podcast to present themselves and give their opinions and talk and this and that, and then you say, you know what, Amazon model, right? Why not offer a platform where people can come to me, right, and Mm -hmm. offer, and, and, present themselves in the podcast and this their podcast, but it's presented through me. Then eventually you just charge your guests to be on your podcast. <laughs> Not me though. Yay. <laughs>
2: hey.
0: But you know, it's, it's like the Amazon that's world. business
1: 101 though. You're you know correct.
0: When you think about I think about this all the time. I'm like, how are these big companies making all this money? Amazon Amazon, yes, they just they have a warehouse that they distribute things from. But listen. They off the majority of their money. They offer off of people wanting a place to sell their things, and majority of those people are not working for Amazon, so they're not having to pay them anything. The people are making them money, and then they're taking a cut of it. So I just think about that because, like, Jeff Bezos is the richest person in the world right now, if hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Billionaire. Wait, is he a gazillion? What is he? A gazillionaire. He's like over
1: the top. Right. Over,
0: he's OC on the money. So. And I, I'm, I'm not a money girl. I really started my business based on a mission. But I like to look at other businesses and other business models to get ideas of what it is I want to achieve. I don't want to do this for free. But I do want to develop something where so I can potentially not have to answer to somebody for the rest of my life. Right. Right. Um, and not every entrepreneurship is not for everybody. So if you try it and it's not your cup of tea or the stability is too much stress for you um it's okay it's okay to drop it you know just to say you know what i this is not for me and that's a way that you can say I've checked it off my list there was a, a quote by um I believe is Mark Twain and he said you'll re- you was know, like in 20 years let me see if I can paraphrase in 20 years you will regret more you will regret what you haven't done you will regret what you haven't done than what you did uh. so like you might be wilding out right now you know what i'm saying not able to spend your money i mean pay your bills spending your money frivolously and you might decide to just start a business on the whim and it doesn't work out right whatever in 20 years that's going to be history to you but at least you can say i did something that i wanted to do and I tried and I lived the way I wanted to live. If you spend the rest of your life saying, Oh, I want to start a business, but I'm too scared, 20 years from now, if you live still, you're gonna regret that you didn't try it, right? And you're still gonna want to. So that's the premise of that. So I I use that to me to try to drive myself too because sometimes I'm like, okay, this is a risk, you know. Yes, everything is a risk. Waking up in the morning is a risk, right? Going outside is a risk. But we gotta but we have to live, you know. So I just encourage those who have that mindset to do it. But that's all with Great. that. <laughs>
1: hey, you're doing your thing though. You're right. I
0: hope I hope somebody got something from that. I hope I was making sense. I did I did write some notes, believe it or not, but um see that people should know how
1: to be professional.
0: <laughs> yes, I do have to be professional with my solo cup. <laughs> um but yeah, so I did want to just kind of bring it around town too when it when we were talking about self care, um, okay. and I was talking about self care and how my my brand helped me to you know tap into my self care right. Right. Um. If you're a busy person, because normally if you're if you work a nine to five or work a couple part time jobs or work a a, a business and and you also have another job, usually that's the case, or side hustle, or whatever. Um, we're, we spend a lot of the, the society is set up for us to grind, right? We're like, yeah. you know, even though I said it, time is money, right? It is, but only to an extent that it doesn't harm you, right? So, what I was kind of getting at was that i was spending 24 7 thinking about a business that was not i wasn't getting that return on i wasn't making money 24 7. but i was (laughs) thinking about it 24 7 which is needed but i realized at some point that i had lost myself i was i wasn't putting on like nice clothes i wasn't even feeling like i wanted to like do my hair and those are like kind of you know superficial things but when you feel better you look better when you look better you feel better and that was one thing that and I was also you know broke so I was really sad about that like I was so mad and sad about it because I was like I'm working hard and I'm not getting nothing so um, but I'm giving all my attention and time to others right so I say all that to say is that make time for yourself take time to re recuperate don't um, just say like okay I'm on the hustle and if I don't work then I'm not gonna make money that might be true but if you grind yourself into the dirt then you won't be able to be still be here so taking your time to um, do small self-care things like take a bath you know I know it sounds really like frivolous but take a bath with with some candles you know some nice music, Read a book, you know, sit down and write down your goals or write write down what you wanna accomplish and or what you have accomplished thus far, what you like about yourself. Um, just take just slow it down a little bit because life does move really fast, and society pushes us to keep going like robots, like energizer bunnies. and that's no good. I mean, we're all you know up in arms about who can make the most money and you know who can do the best and comparing ourselves to each other but most of the time we look in the mirror we don't even like who we are and not just physically what we see but we don't like you know we're snapping at our family and our friends and we're not you know being present in our relationship so just take time for yourself whether it's to get away you know go for a little night drive sit in a park look at the water that's my favorite activity for self-care It's literally i will drive away and just go look at the water and something about that is very very calming to me or putting my i've done that too yes my meditation
1: ritual is definitely that
0: (laughs) yes yes and i know a lot of people are like you know they're not really i won't say they're not i'll say a lot of people meditate yes a lot of people in 2021 meditate but some people maybe feel like it's not for them or they feel like you know it's it's too um much stillness (laughs) but like you said you know you can be still without having to close your eyes and say "Mm," you know you can be still and i always like to to use the like five senses when I'm in nature. Like, what do I see? What do I hear right now? Um, What do, how, what do I, what do I see? What do I hear? What do I smell? What do I touch? And see, hear, smell, touch. I'm like, what's my fifth sense? Taste. Taste. (laughs) taste? (laughs) What do I taste? And just asking myself those questions, like, okay, I see, the grass, I see the wind, the birds. It helps you just to be so present. And it only takes maybe like, I don't know, half a minute to get through the list. But even in that half a minute, you are completely present with what's going on right then. Because our minds start wandering. I know when I close my eyes and meditate, I be thinking about dinner, I be thinking about, why did he say that to me three years ago? Why did she she do me like that? So, slow it down. And, I'm t- and, I'll, and I promise you, it will slowly but surely rejuvenate you so that you can have peace. And then when you return to your work, you have that much more power to execute. Um, and so when things start getting hectic, that's that's one of my best, best tips I can say has worked for me, is to slow it down, take care of yourself, this is girl I watch on YouTube, she says, look after yourself. And I was like, look after yourself. And I, just it's just a, you know, it's really that, looking after yourself. Because we do um, worry about everybody else so much. So, True. Yeah, so love yourself. And when it comes to self-love, with what kind of helped me is that I started with um, the five love languages. And... I don't know, the. I didn't write the author down, but if you've heard of the the five love languages, that author, (laughs) he wrote a book, and there's different ones, like five love languages for relationship couples and for singles and X, Y, Z. But the five love languages are affirmation, physical touch, um, gifts, um, quality time, and what's the fifth one? physical touch gives quality time and serve acts of service so I started with my self-love journey I started to realize what are my primary love languages okay mm-hmm. so and I'm telling you this because it, I'm getting at something so okay, when, you, okay. when you start to think about what are your primary love languages this is not to tell people how to love you right off the bat this is for you to tell yourself how to love yourself okay so I realized that I feel loved when I receive affirmation and when I give affirmation so I that's how I express love and that's how I feel love that was one of my first first realizations I said affirmation is definitely the way that I receive and give love um And then I realized that quality time and physical touch and acts of service and um, gifts were somewhere in there, but they weren't as strong as affirmation. So when somebody was trying to, you know, other people in my life and showing their love language, maybe they were acts of service or gift giving, I wasn't feeling loved because I... Really, really love to receive, and I, I love to receive and give affirmation. So that put things into perspective for me, right? Right. Because every day when I would wake up, I would, I would write affirmations, and then I would recite them to myself. Right. You are beautiful. You are intelligent. You are kind. You are smart. You are powerful. You are a woman. Um, you are creator, like all these affirmations. And I began to believe that. I mean, I did believe it. So it helped me. Now, when people say affirmations will help you, not everybody does that. But if you are a person that loves gifts, like for example, give yourself gifts, okay? Give yourself gifts to show yourself you love you, okay? Do not go by people saying like, oh, you don't need all that stuff. You don't need this and that, boo It could be something small. Okay. Do that for yourself. Um, My partner loves to get her nails done. She loves to like get her, you know, her little maintenance and stuff done. And that's a part of her self care and a part. I'm not like that. I don't have my nails done. I'm not even like, I'm not even that type of girl, but that's how she takes care of herself and loves herself. And I would watch that. And I would say, man, you know, I don't do that for myself. Maybe I should do that for myself. And I tried it, but it's not how I feel loved. It's a thing, but it's not how I feel loved. And it right. goes for men too. So even if you're a guy, you know, give yourself a gift if that's the way you like to feel loved, okay? Um, and when it comes to quality time, like some people, like I love quality time, but I love me time. <laughs> so me time is important for me. I like to spend time with me. So recognize that. And once you recognize your, your kind of rankings of your self-love, of your love language that is,
2: uh-huh. then,
0: then you can better understand how others love and teach others how to love you. And that is really the key to peace, because we also kind of go around in life expecting people to know how to love us or love us in the way that we love them and a lot of relationships fail that way because we're like why don't you do this and why don't you say that and um but we never tell them up in front in the beginning of relationships like affirmation is my number one love language remember that (laughs) you know right and then and then we see that they you know let's say they're a gift giver or they are a person that does things for you and they just are not the affirmation type then we can understand and say that's your love language and I can feel love and understand even if you're not speaking the same language that I'm speaking. You know what I'm saying? So that's just my little tip with self-love and love in general. I'm not an expert in relationships, but I found that being helpful with families, family love as well as relationships with anybody, coworkers, kids, you name it. It really, really honestly helps.
1: But you're
0: um, not the expert, though. The yeah, yeah. I am not an expert, but I didn't even read the book. I'm just going to tell you, I skimmed that book, okay? <laughs> but that's what I got from it. And I took that and I applied it to my myself. And it was an experiment, you know? I conduct these little social experiments with myself every so often. And I was like, okay, this is working. Um, And it just helped me not be so hasty with, like, okay, you know, this person is not giving me what I need or... I don't understand why they do this or that, but it just helped me to be more centered and love me self. <laughs> okay. So, I know we're, um we're going to be um, having a guest join us, another voice join us in a little bit. Right, um, right.
1: See- and I make sure that that's still confirmed.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Hopefully so. Um, Because I definitely want to talk about black feminism okay that's that's my jam right there and i once again i always disclaimer like i am not an expert but i'm an expert on my opinion so and that's all that matters they should know how
1: we operate when when dealing with the name who they want they need to know all
0: (laughs) right i'm over here assuming people expect me to be expert y'all ain't expecting me to be an expert anyway but But yeah, so I'm an expert on my experience. And
1: that's the best teacher, though.
0: Yeah, it is. Teaching, (laughs) I mean, experience is the best teacher. And I wasn't always a feminist either. I was very much, um, I was very much, hmm, I want to say, involved and engulfed, or in what's the word I want to (laughs) use? I'll just say I was influenced by patriarchal society heavily, much like we all are, right? We grow up in this society, capitalism, it's all stems from patriarchy. And I'm not a big like, you know, fight the, you know, men against women type of thing. That's That's not at all what my stance is because I believe that men are a very important part of feminism and equality for women. Um, but I think before I was, I was asking for permission, you know, I was like, do, does the society approve of this, right? Or am I coming off too strong? Okay. Um, Our guest
1: well, is I guess this here, by the way, I don't know if you're, oh, you're the ready. guest
0: is here. Okay. The guest. Yes. Come bring her in. <laughs> Ladies and
1: gentlemen, I am bringing you who they want very on. Kimberly Denise, aka Fat Girl Freestyle, welcome to the show. Hello. What's good? Welcome to the panel. Can you hear Uh, me? We can hear you. Welcome to Full Disclosure.
0: Okay, we can hear you now. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you.
2: Oh, wonderful. Hello, 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 everyone. Thank you so much. I'm
0: so excited. (laughs) Me too. We were, just, uh, we were just getting started talking about black feminism and I was kind of sharing my evolution of how I feel like I used to be pretty much influenced by, by men and, and not just like what they expect, but asking for permission to be a woman, right? Um, and at some point, and I can't even tell you when, but at some point, I think it was over a couple of different experiences, I was like, I'm not asking for permission anymore. Um, their expectations don't matter to me. Cause I would find myself saying like, oh man, am I gonna come off too harsh or are people gonna, you know, think I'm angry, angry black woman. And, you know, all of these different things that society embeds in us to, to be, uh, you know, to shrink ourselves and be less um, and then at some point I was just like F that I'm not asking for permission I'm just gonna be and then however the cards lie <laughs> I'll I'll be authentic in myself and um, and that kind of like played into the played into you know why I'm not in business with my partner anymore because we he's you know he's a, he's a male But there were so many things that I was just like, you are not even hearing what I'm saying. I'm telling you that this is what's going to work. We should try this X, Y, Z. And I was feeling like I wasn't being heard and I wasn't being heard. And then at the end of the day, you needed me to execute. So I was like, nah, I'm going to do it on my own. I think I can do this on my own. I know I can do this on my own. So... So yeah, so but that was like my little experience kind of segue into um, how I I got to where I am today and kind of being a little bit more resistant um, with the patriarchal society and understanding that men are important to feminism, but women are the most important thing in feminism as well. What would you say (laughs) would be some of your experiences Um, And do you consider yourself a feminist or what are are some of your experiences that kind of led you to feel um, more connected with women in culture? So
2: I'm going to preface my response by saying when Stedman asked me to come on tonight and I saw what the subject was I'm like you know my experience with feminism um, to me and this is just my personal experience
0: Yeah,
2: has been solely for, for Caucasian women
0: mm-hmm.
2: and none of their causes have really supported black women well black people overall but especially not black women so Mm -hmm. i don't really consider myself feminist Mm -hmm. but i am a lover of black women i am a supporter of black women because i feel like black women are saving the world Mm
0: -hmm. personally yeah
2: my experiences in life have always been especially as a child very male dominated you know i grew up in a house with two parents and i watched my mom fix my dad's plate for dinner Mm -hmm. and feed him before she fed the rest of us which Mm -hmm. is fine there's nothing wrong with that but i'm just giving an idea of what you know it was like growing up for me so Mm -hmm. my ideas as to how the male female power structure works very early on was formed by seeing these things in my parents marriage and even my mom when she when she would acquiesce to some of the things my father asked you know i would wonder is this how it's really supposed to be Mm -hmm. because you're a wife to a husband so it never really set right with me it never did But that structure did permeate several of my relationships in my life. So as I've gotten older, more experienced, I've realized that the connections between Black women are so very, very important, whether we are friends, whether we are sisters, cousins, however it goes. The relationships between Black women are so important because we are we are the, the support, we are the foundation yes. for all of the relationships in mm-hmm. our community. Yes. Because look at how many grandmothers have raised their grandchildren. Yes. Look at how many people turn to the aunties for advice. Mm-hmm. We, we call some of these Black female celebrities aunties. Mm-hmm. So there you go. <laughs> yes. So I have learned throughout my life that it's really the, the relationships between black women that Mm -hmm. form the foundation and the support system for our community and that is something that i have been on as the kids say for the last (laughs) few years so when i can support a black woman when i type a black woman up that's what i'm gonna do yeah because again i have come to realize and no offense them. No offense, because black men are important and I do support black men as well. But I realized that black women need it more because we carry more on our shoulders. And I'm gonna say this too, there's a painting and I remember who painted it and I can never remember the name of the painting, but it's very popular. It is of a black male, he's enslaved and he is, in a barn or, or some structure and he's shackled and you can tell he's been beaten and he's tired and you can tell he's been starved well the black woman is there and you can see the look on her face like she's scared but she's offering him her breast milk to, for nourishment mm-hmm. and i used to see that painting and i would think wow look at that beautiful black love hmm look, look at that. But I saw it again, maybe two years ago. And because I had transformed as a person as a woman, my view, my perspective of that painting completely changed. And I thought to myself, at what point do black women stop sacrificing themselves for everybody? Yes. at what point do we stop giving giving and giving and giving and giving and giving and never receiving and say, listen, enough is enough. It's all about me. Yes. So that painting, believe it or not, played a big part in how I see things now. And again, it's nothing against Black men. But I've come to realize that Black women save the world every single day. And they Mm -hmm. save everybody, Black men, white men, white women, Mm -hmm. Asian, they save everybody. Yes. So I'm very passionate,
0: very, very passionate when it comes to Black women. Yeah, Because I love love. (laughs) us. Yes, the love. Yeah. Yeah. that And that was interesting, what you said at the beginning, especially about the word feminism and how it is, you know, you think of the feminist movement that supports Caucasian women, everybody but Black women. Right. And I think that too and I think that's kind of why I decided to redevelop it because what what you're describing is sisterhood is 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 uh, I looked at like as you were talking about the grandmas and the aunties and the sisters and and the moms and stuff it's like a web of black women right I just envision this web mm-hmm. of black women and how we all connect and we catch each other when we fall mm-hmm and we provide uh, space for others as well as, you know, even in this space right here. So I think I, I'm a creator, so I like to say, you know what? I'm gonna take that and change it so that when I think of feminism, I'm thinking about black women. And when I think of feminism, I'm thinking about what, like you said, what black women do on a daily basis to keep the engine going, keep their people going, keep all the people going, you know? And it's really that is like having um, having that different mindset gives you even more of a reason to say, yeah, black feminism is, is really where it's at. It's really the root, okay? And I can get behind it. And not just because of the definition of feminism, but because it's literally women that are catching and holding up the world. Um, yeah. And when I think about, you know, and I said that Black men, and I'll just say Black men at this point, Black men are important um, in Black feminism because the grandmas and the aunties and the mamas that are raising these men, and even even when they turn their backs on us, we still are accepting of them. And we just need, yeah. I think, the biggest thing is what we, we need more Black men to be fem, Black feminists, you know, to be Black feminists. You can't be a woman, but you can be black, a Black feminist and understand how important it is for black that Black women exist to support them, to protect them, um, and teach other black men because that's where they're learning this from is teaching other black men how to do that and to be in line and aligned with that. Um, and mm-hmm. so, I feel like it is it is one of those things that it, it works together. It's it's a what do they call it a symbiotic relationship between yeah. black men and black women. Is that we we are. As Black women, we are space givers. Okay, we can't stop doing that. <laughs> so, we can and will always have space for men and feminists and 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 supporting Black men and women. Um, but I really love that. And I and I thought I first when you were describing that painting, I thought I had I thought I had seen that before. Um, but then I don't know if I actually saw because there was another painting that's similar to that where. The black woman is like cleaning his wounds or holding him or something similar to that but i'm not sure if i missed the breastfeeding part i might have i i'll probably try to look that up so i can kind of revisit and see um what i see now because we it's you know you said believe it or not that changed my perspective uh i can believe that one little thing sometimes can change (laughs) can change our whole perception of life yeah so yeah. thank you so much for sharing that that was awesome
2: oh no problem listen i am listen i i'm excited to be here because you know in my regular life i don't get to have these kinds of conversations and it's mm-hmm. not because of it's not because there's a lack of intelligence or anything like that of you know the people that are in my life but it's just people are so afraid to talk about certain things mm-hmm. they're so scared to bring certain conversations out in the open so they just they want to stay quiet but i'm yeah. i'm a creator myself I, yes. I write books and i i do stage productions as well
0: awesome. and
2: my books I always try to put the strength into the character so that other Black women, when they're reading, can see themselves. Yes. They can see themselves coming from a place of darkness and really finding their strength and their power in their womanhood because there is strength and power in femininity. Yes. Uh, uh, You know, a it's not a popular thought people think oh femininity is weak but it's not
0: mm-hmm.
2: femininity is quite strong it's where our power is mm-hmm. but i digress so in the books that i write you know and, and my not to do like a shameless plug or anything like that but do it i, my, <laughs> I have a collection of, of short stories called not all women wear hot pants some carry guns and it's five different stories and it's different women and it's actually called female rage fiction I never knew that there was a genre for that but boom there you go yeah Mm -hmm. so some of the stories are there is violence involved because duh they carry guns of course Mm -hmm. but they do it they do it with with you know, their power, their strength, their energy, they're commanding. And I want other women to see that. And I understand it's fiction, but just like that painting touched me, mm-hmm. words that a person reads can, can touch them and, and change them. And I always want black women to know that they are loved and they are beautiful mm-hmm. and not just on the outside, not just on the outside. And that's another thing that bothers me. People always want to talk about oh, black women and their physical appearance, and right. that's great. Yeah, we all know black women are beautiful. However, we know. facts we know facts. Hashtag mm-hmm. facts, as the kids mm-hmm. say. I love saying that. <laughs> as the kids say. <laughs> but talk about their strength and their power mm-hmm. and their energy. Talk about the way that they can turn tides. Look yes. at what Stacey Abrams did in Georgia. Mm -hmm. a black woman did that yes and now they're all mad the entire world is mad right? because a black woman did that so it's just one of those things I want us as a whole to realize that we are we are the seat of creation we are where life comes from and I understand you can't do it without a man however they can't do it without us. Yeah. They can't do anything without us.
1: Uh, us, Yeah. Okay? I'm just okay. saying.
2: Just saying. That against that is... forgive me. Nothing against you. <laughs> but I, there's just such a tide of women just feeling powerless and I am just not here for that at all.
0: Not here yes. for it at and all. I love, I, and kudos to you. I'm so excited that you are an author and you're writing for black women that is a beautiful thing it's so needed and I think Thanks. as a black woman that I you know I grew up in a household where my mom and my mom and dad were divorced and so my mom was my primary caregiver and I saw her go through a lot um, as a child and I think it changed my perspective in a way at first to say oh I don't want to go through that and be as vulnerable as she was but then as the older I got I guess as I matured I realized all that she did all by herself and how she navigated and raised two kids and was able to restart her career and was able to do all these things that you know I mean, my dad was he got he, he got remarried. And not to you know, fault him, but at the same time, my mom never remarried. So she did all of these things in strength and and she was broken. You know what I'm saying? So I think what speaks the most is that as we go through our journeys as black women is to understand that yeah, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be influenced by maybe what we should do to attract a man or attract another woman or attract somebody that's going to, you know, be accepting of us and accept us and not not fear us, right? But at some point, all of that's going to have to, it's going to literally like, it's like age like fine wine. You're going to be like, one day you're going to wake up and be like, I'm not doing that no more. I'm not acquiescing to society standards i'm not trying to (laughs) attract you sir or ma'am and i don't and i don't um (laughs) want and i don't want to you know and i don't want to try to do something necessarily to to please appease you um i'm still going to save the world and i'm going to say what i have to say while i do it so um and i think that you know we talked a little bit about self-care earlier and i think as black women that's one of the things that I just really want to infuse in this is that we take on so much from birth that yeah. we've got to stop and take care of ourselves. And we've got to empower yeah. each other and remind each other to, it's okay to take your cape off and relax. Sister. You know what I'm saying? You you can, you can relax, but um, even us being us, we're still so strong, even when we're not crying. Um, I guess you could say. It's just our presence yeah. is so magical. It's really Black girl magic like for yeah. real. <laughs> like yeah, yeah,
2: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Straight from the universe. Straight mm-hmm. from the cosmos, I feel. Straight from the cosmos. Absolutely. And in talking about self-care, something else that I've noticed in having conversations with other Black women, especially those of us who constantly throw ourselves on our swords for the people Mm -hmm. in our lives we feel selfish and i say we because i've been there
0: yeah i've been that
2: woman i've been there so i include myself in that because i know how it feels Mm -hmm. but we feel like we are being selfish when we take time for ourselves when we take time away from our children when we take time away from our significant others when we take time away from our job when we take time away from just anything outside of ourselves i find a lot of women saying well i shouldn't do that because and you know it's just not going to go right if i step away for a little while if and my my thing to them is always you do know that all of this is still going to exist when you're dead right Mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter take care of yourself that's right because you are a priority always a priority yes never secondary always a priority and again these ideas that have been ingrained within us for generations about being a wife and being a mother Mm. and being a this and being a that what about self first we were never Mm. taught that growing up we were never taught that
0: yeah
2: it was always about again your husband your children your household than you, and that's not the way it works.
0: That's not the way it works. And I, and I, you know, and just kind of like piggybacking off of that, my, my mother, you know, she told me that I teach her how to, how to take time for herself, how to make self care a priority because I don't, I did not, you know, go off and get married and have kids. So my life looks a lot different at 33 than her life did. And she's, you know, she's 63 now. And she's just now starting to incorporate self-care rituals. But because she sees how I I make that a priority for myself. And I'm not saying that if you have kids that you can't, because you can, absolutely. But it's just it's just basically putting it in your mind, like you said, like, you can operate better when you have a peace of mind and you can operate more yes. sanely and make decisions for your for your family when you are you know aligned and together um otherwise you're mm-hmm. just yeah. continuing to your yeah. stress is projecting onto your family and all everything that you do and it it just becomes more it just becomes harder for you um, so okay. I just feel like that, you know, in the generations of, of before us, <laughs> um, that was that was the that was what we, they were taught. You know, that was what they saw, and that's what they were taught. Yeah. And therefore, that's what we saw, and we were taught. But I'm happy. Mm-hmm. The evolution into black feminism is is what I would just keep pushing. <laughs> is that we as <laughs> black women now are more aware of who we are. We have opportunity to mm-hmm. teach other women who we are and to promote self-care and self-love and recuperation, along with still being feminine and being mm-hmm. strong. Um, yeah, And that's the essence of it. I, I was speaking to a young lady the other day, um, and she just was drawn to me. I didn't know that she was going to come up to me and start talking to me because I teach Spanish at this um, community center. And so I was just like standing there and she was like, oh, who are you? What do you do? And I started talking to her and then she started telling me like, you know, I want to travel and I, you know, I want to do so much. And I sometimes feel like I, I can only do, you know, stay in my own little bubble. And I don't know if I'm gonna, I'm gonna be able to do this or that. And like, we just started talking and I started ministering to her and it was just a beautiful, I mean, it, It gave me something, you know, talking to black Mm -hmm. women, it just, it's like a reciprocal effect. Like
2: all that energy just keeps on
0: energy. Mm Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I love that. I love that so much. So I I know you are I have a question for you though. Your handle is fat girl freestyle. Is that correct?
2: Fat girl freestyle. F A T F R E E F T Y L E and i'm going to yes. tell you why that is.
0: Okay, let me show um, tell
2: you. <laughs> you know a lot of people won't even say that name because they feel like the word fat is so offensive. They're just mm-hmm. like, I'm not even going to say that. I'm just going to say freestyle. But whatever. Yeah. Um <laughs> so i am i am a woman of size. I am a fat woman. I love the term woman of size, mm-hmm. but i'm a i'm a fat woman. I'm a big girl, you know, Whatever you want to call it, that's me. But Fat Fat Girl Freestyle came about because I was just thinking one day about, you know, how long it took for me to just truly love and appreciate myself and just everything about me and who I am, just as I am. And not waiting until I lost weight or, you know, waiting until, you know, my financial situation changed or wait until this or wait until that. I said, oh, you have to start now. And I'm like, you know what, Kim, you're a fat girl. Big deal. Big deal. You know, and then I'm like, "Okay, so let's turn this into a thing. And that's how Fat Girl Freestyle was born because I just really, I'm free, I am free. I'm almost 45, I'll be 45 years old, July 22nd. And it has taken me, it has taken me so many years. It wasn't until I turned 40 when I really started to make a transition, a transformation, Mm -hmm. but it took me that many years to just shed everything I had been told, everything that I had seen, everything that i had just been conditioned to believe about Mm -hmm. black womanhood about womanhood overall about what you should look like and all of these other things and i just finally became free from all of that so that's how fat girl freestyle came about and i'm like listen i'm gonna own that word fat because we should own that word and take the negativity and the power away from it to make us feel like something is wrong with us hmm there's nothing wrong with you, whether you. Whether it doesn't matter what you look like physically there's yeah. nothing wrong with you, you are who you are, you are in the state of body that you are in and that's that mm hmm and you should love yourself as is, and you will love yourself always. And I don't take anything away from women who want to change themselves physically however they want to do that Mm -hmm. but people need to understand because people ask me all the time you know i get messages all the time in my in my dms how do you wear this and how do you post these pictures and how do you do that Mm -hmm. simple sis i just do it
0: i just do it straight up i just
2: do it because Mm -hmm. i know that the world is never going to be satisfied or happy with the big, beautiful black woman that I am. And I don't give a shit.
0: Yes. Okay.
2: <laughs> <up>. Love that. <laughs> I love so that. So there beautiful. you have it. Yes. And I tell women all the time, you better own it. You better mm-hmm. have that attitude that I'm the prettiest, sexiest, Science. most bomb B in the world. Okay. And there's nobody like me because guess what? There is nobody there like is you. There is
0: nobody like you.
2: And there never will be. Mm-hmm. There will never there'll never be anyone like you.
0: You are unique. And I and want women to own that. Yes. That's beautiful. Yes. I love that message. Yes. That is that yeah. is it, okay? That's it. <laughs> and and I was talk, I was speaking to somebody yesterday uh, kind of about the like journey of you know showing your body whatever the case was like basically the question was mm-hmm. how did you always like showing your body off and I had to think about it for a second because when I was in high school I loved dressing like different I would like literally come to school in a different type of like genre of, of outfit everyday like some days I would dress oh. goth with fishnets other days I would have like a preppy boy look tomboyish look other days I would have like a kawaii look or whatever I would literally come to I went to art school so we didn't have uniforms and that was the thing mm-hmm. but I was never I would say I dressed how I wanted to dress and, and express myself in my clothing but I was also still insecure about being bigger than my friends in my friend group and I remember mm-hmm. thinking that you know, there was a reason. Like, there was a reason that I probably won't have a boyfriend, or some, or a date to prom, or something like that. I remember thinking that, and mm-hmm. I, I hate that I thought that because it was really not that people did it weren't attracted to me. And you know, later I found out all these people were like, yeah, da da da, da You know, years later when it didn't matter. <laughs> but I was just like, but Great. even so, I <laughs> wish I would have. I wish I would have known for myself how beautiful I was, not just intelligent, cause my main thing was like, oh, I know I'm a smart girl. I know like if somebody calls me fat, I could just be like, but I got a 4.0 though, you know, that was like my right? defense mechanism. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I wish I would have thought about, I wish I would have accepted my physical and, and been more confident in my physical at the time when I was in high school, because um, it didn't happen until later in life that I was just like, okay, I'm going to offer this type of resistance, you know, to society because my mom and my grandmother and my aunt, our entire, my entire childhood was, you know, lose weight, like not me lose weight, but that was their thing for themselves. You know, if you're not losing, if you're not trying to lose weight, then what are you doing with your life, right? Right, right. And so at some point I got to it, I was like, I'm just going to see if I can lose weight, right? So I did, I lost weight. Mm -hmm. And I was so much more insecure at a smaller weight. And I felt sad, sad by it. Like I literally was depressed because I felt like Mm -hmm. people that were talking to me now only were talking to me because I was smaller and then if somebody did right. talk to me when I was smaller, I was like, you don't know how big I was. And I feel like if I got mm-hmm. back to that size, then you wouldn't like me anymore. There was a lot, it was a lot to unpack. And people don't talk about psychological aspects of weight loss and all that. But I say all that to say is that I didn't feel comfortable when I was smaller showing my body off, but it was when I gained weight back, and <sighs> I decided that F that, all right, B. I'm going to, I had a so good day. I'm gonna show my back. I'm gonna show my. I'm gonna eyes. find that gonna piece. My and give it those okay? all of that.
2: So you can have so headphones.
0: That was like my back daily.
2: on the uh, Watch, I think it's caught
0: enough. Oh, is she talking? I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Oh. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> I'm sorry, girl. I am so sorry. I thought I had pressed mute. Oh, okay, it's like I think you're talking, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> But yeah, so that was pretty much my, my um, experience with, you know, showing my body and, and not in ways that's like, I, I don't even wanna say overtly sexual because just because I'm showing my skin doesn't mean I should be sexualized. But I will say like, showing my arms and showing my tummy and showing my back and showing my legs, those were parts of my body that I was insecure about before. And then I just became more comfortable as I kind of went along. Um, And it was liberating to me. It was definitely liberating. I used to say fat is alluring, you know, fat is alluring. When you see a fat baby, you want to squish them, squish your little cheeks. You see a little, you know, (laughs) fat is so alluring. So I used to say that to people. And and, and then I finally, I was like, you know what? It is alluring because then when I, I didn't even know about the whole community of people that were attracted to women that are plus size I didn't even know about that existed in high school I had no idea I was completely like I will never grow up and have a partner if I don't lose weight (laughs) but that's sad because a lot of young girls think that and feel that depending on where you go to school
1: yeah
0: and you know what your influences are and your family and stuff but that was something that I definitely um, I experienced, and I, and looking back on it, I mean, I guess it was important for me to go through that to get to where I am now, you know. But I do wish that well when, when I talk to young girls that are chubby, you know, girls that I teach in, in classes and stuff like that, and they express different weight, different you know, different things about um, them feeling some type of way about their body or they're getting made fun of, I stick up for them you know, it was mm-hmm. the opportunity to to speak to that little little rainbow fro and stick up for her, yes. you know, when she was getting made fun of.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, so. yes, yes. Absolutely. That is listen, yeah. I think you are yeah. beautiful. I think you are beautiful. Thank I you. I love your energy. Oh, like <laughs> you're you. so refreshing. Like Aww really refreshing like i received that good receive fresh squeeze lemonade it's just <laughs> perfectly sweet but not too much sugar and it's just the right temperature yeah and it just it it <laughs> quenches your soul that's how you have me feel, feeling like
0: you got me blushing.
2: <laughs> it, it's amazing because there listen there aren't enough spaces for us to have these types of exchanges and just, you know, just transfer energy to each other and speak to those little girls inside of us, inside of Mm -hmm. each of us. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we live in a world and forgive me if, you know, I sway off topic or anything like that, just forgive me. But we live in a world where, you know, Instagram, social media, it has such a huge influence over everybody, even men. Yes, it's not just mm-hmm. women anymore; it's mm-hmm. men as well. And you look at you look at the women these days, and they're all starting to look the same. Barbies. And I'm not saying that's a good. I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. I'm just mm-hmm. stating an observation. Mm-hmm. And they're looking in the mirror and. I'm trying to figure out, are any of these people getting counseling? No. Are any of these people getting therapy? No. Are any of these Mm -hmm. people even talking to the women in their friend group? They are, but guess what? They're receiving the same messages that they're feeling from their friends. They're Mm -hmm. they're all exchanging the same thing. Oh, well, I want to change this. I want to change that. I want to change this. Oh, I don't Mm -hmm. like this. I don't like this. People are dying to be what's considered beautiful people are losing their Mm -hmm. lives Mm -hmm. for a standard of beauty that i cannot say this enough is impossible to achieve it doesn't even exist it doesn't exist
0: it's not organic it's not naturally occurring (laughs) right so it's
2: like what is going on in the world? when you have people, and it breaks my heart to see women who are addicted to plastic surgery so much so to where they're destroying themselves. Destroying
0: themselves, yeah.
2: They well, are destroying I think, themselves.
0: I No, you're actually, that was a good segue because I was, I am, we are going to talk about uh, popular opinions in and, and society because mm-hmm. social media like you said, is driving a lot of our changes and norms, right? Like the normal way that we perceive mm-hmm. beauty and the normal way that we perceive dating and relationships and even communicating to each other. And yeah. just that piece about women, you know, interacting, like I said, like I didn't know the community of people that were, you know, beautiful plus size women and plus size models and And fashion and everything existed until way later in my life Um, and even so I didn't know if I belonged in that group because I had all these self-esteem issues that were embedded in me from that were embedded in me from my own family as well as my life experiences so now my Instagram is curated in a way to affirm that but I know that others, you know, depending on what they are looking for, they're probably being um, fed different messages, and majority of those messages could be, you know, BBLs and 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 liposuction and waist trainers and mm-hmm. and like you said, I'm not I'm not hating on the woman that wants to be, you know, wants to change her her physique, um, but the reason that you want to change your physique though. Is it for right. yourself or is it to attract a man that you think is going to view you better? Or is it so that you can look a certain way so that you can try to be a model? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are what are yeah. these reasonings behind there? And I think that, you know, just like with weight loss surgery, when it comes to, sorry, I got to plug my thing in, when it comes to people getting bariatric surgery, they, they are and they should be doing um, psychiatric evaluations. I feel like they should do that for EBLs mm-hmm. and, and liposuction because, yeah. you know, yeah. a, lot of the, a lot of these things are, are people being obsessive compulsive with wanting to mm-hmm. change every little thing because they've got made fun of in third grade about their, about their stomach mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever thing that's still like they're not healed from. And so I personally, and I agree with you, everybody needs therapy, okay? Let me tell you something. (laughs) It has changed me. It has changed my life. And even if you're not, you know, going to say, I'm going to sit down with a therapist every single week, find something that can offer you um, some insight to start to heal because we are all recovering from trauma, okay? Yeah. Just being black, we're recovering from trauma. Period. Add woman on there, then you add more. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's just not you know my thoughts about it is like he said I I'm, I'm not um, if if a woman you know says this is what she wants to do for herself that will make her feel good about you know waking up in the morning and and being herself and stuff like that then. That's a reason, right? But if you just say, oh, well, so, so-and-so's body looks good in all her clothes and her Fashion Nova outfit, and I don't look like that in my Fashion Nova outfit, so I want to get my body so that I can look like that, then that's more of the hmm. same, you know, high school kind of mentality. Um,
2: yeah. And
0: it sucks because some of these women are dying and they're only, like, 25 years old. Hmm. You know, they're just, they're just leaving kids behind.
2: Hmm. Yeah, and um, children behind. Yeah, and when it
0: comes to this is the one thing I wanted to to kind of point out. So this is kind of taking a different road, but it's still along the lines of um, how we are interacting via social media. Because I noticed I do a lot of social experiments on my social media personally. Sometimes people don't really know that I'm trolling, (laughs) but I'm trolling, (laughs) but. I, you know, <laughs> but I, I've been, I've been just like, you know, kind of paying attention to how people are interacting and how they are talking to each other and approaching each other, um, uh, on social media. And I, and it, it kind of, it's, it, it's a cringy to say the least. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: because men that, are approaching women are approaching women in, in a way that I would view as sexual assaults um, because they are talking underneath their clothes and this has nothing to do with how the woman is dressed right so she could be a model right and I've seen this on like I've seen this on like uh, celebrity pages I've seen this every venue I've just been looking and seeing women that are dressed in, in dresses, or dressed in bikinis, or dressed in sweatshirts, um, leggings, whatever. You got men underneath the comments talking about, oh, I would, you know, I wouldn't pull out. That is sexual wow. assault, in my opinion, because these are unwanted. This is, this, you're basically saying that you will, uh, not non-consensually have sex with someone that you don't know, and then impregnate them. You know what I'm saying? Like it's really cringy, and I just can't. Um, I just can't. Basically, I just feel like it's it gets right. it gets really like uh scary because you know that young girls are on these social media platforms and they're feeling more comfortable and confident about posting selfies and stuff like that, and then you have more of the same where so. Some men are not like waiting until they're 18 to say these things. They're just gonna put type that in and go about their business. And now you have traumatized right. this young girl. So those are the things that I'm kind of like. And then it kind of perpetuates to to the dating world because I haven't been on a date with a man in a long time. But <laughs> when they do ask you out, I just feel like it's I'm um. Afraid because I don't know what to expect. It's not like we're meeting in a library or at or McDonald's or something like that. And you're like, "Hey, young lady, uh, can I take? Can I get to know you and take you out sometime?" It's always like, "Ooh, you look soft. I, I want to get. I want to marry you. I want to get to know you." Like, I don't. I don't know how to date in in 2021. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, and when it comes to and even when it comes to and, and and this is how i'm i'm in a poly relationship so my partner is female but i'm a bisexual so i am willing to go on dates with men and have relationships with men but i am i always remind my it, it reminds me of how much um of a lesbian i am because because when i hear men talk to me like that i cannot you know say it reminds me like you don't even like guys like that. But I do, but at the same time, it's not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for somebody that's gonna talk underneath my clothes before they even get to know me. So mm-hmm. that's that. But that's just my unpopular opinion about because I feel like that people recognize it, but they don't necessarily change anything. I mean, how are we gonna change change social media standards? I mean, they're not changing. Instagram is not changing. Um they're they're policing fat no. bodies. They're policing black women. Yes. They're policing yes. black things. Yeah, they're not policing. They're yes. not policing sexual assault. No, no, not at
2: all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And you are child, child, child. <laughs> if I was at church, if I if I believed in going to church, <laughs> I would be catching the Holy Spirit right now. Let me tell you. But you know, the whole dating thing, like, I consider myself queer. Mm -hmm. I consider myself queer. And, and I I say that because I'm attracted to people, not necessarily because they're male or female. Mm -hmm. If I find you attractive, because of your mind, because of whatever, Mm -hmm. then, hey, we can have a conversation, we can engage. That's it's so and it's it's so i'm glad you brought up the whole dating thing because which i I do have someone that i am involved with there's some distance between us Mm -hmm. but we talk in depth about so many things and i feel like that is what is lost that is what is lost because people are looking for a quick fix when it comes to being in a relationship without understanding what Mm -hmm. it truly means and what it truly involves to be in a relationship so in my dating life i have started to ask very specific questions very specific things that i need to know to see if you are even Mm -hmm worth my time and my energy Mm. and my attention yeah and i'm gonna be completely i'm gonna be completely transparent here rainbow if i may um i don't think i'm speaking to an audience of children so (laughs) i'm just gonna be completely completely transparent i do have my moments where i'm like look i'm just trying to see what that mouth do okay (laughs) i do have those but We grown. I'm grown. I'm responsible. Uh I'm grown and responsible. So I'm like, I can do that. That's how I roll. I'm up front. But I'm not gonna bring a person into a situation by by spinning a tail and weaving a dream that I know I cannot fulfill. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna do that. But that's me. Not everybody does that. And people are so invest and this brings me back to social media when I see that hashtag relationship goals I'm like hell no that is the wrong idea relationship goals nothing I don't like that hashtag because people are showing you the good they're not showing you the difficulty they're not showing you the bad and I've never been married but I've seen grandparents and parents go through the worst my dad had a stroke my mom and are approaching their Mm 80s, you know. My mom refused to let me even stay at the hospital with my dad. She's like, that's my husband. I'm going to stay with him. You know, and she lost sleep and was uncomfortable for days. But that is marriage. That is a relationship. And not even just marriage. But when you love someone, that is what you do. You support them in bad times. But who's going to post that on social media? Oh, my partner can't work and, and help me pay the bills because they they're sick, so I gotta pull the weight and take care of them at the same time. Nobody's posting that. Nobody's posting that. That's what the real that. deal is. Mm-hmm. Nobody's posting that, but that's what it's all about. And Not I, the and good happy times or we travel.
0: Exactly, and you know what? I I yeah. was talking to my therapist. This this lives rent, rent rent free in my mind because I told her I was like. I want to engage in dating somebody at this point in my life. I want to be intentional Mm -hmm. about what I want. And I have a clear aspect of, of the reason I want to date a person at this point in my life, other than my partner. Right. So I have a reason for an intention Mm -hmm. behind that. So, and I'm telling her like, this is what I would say. And she was like, she was like, You can't tell everybody everything all at once. <laughs> and I was just like, What do you mean? <laughs> and she was like, That'll, that'll, that'll uh, overwhelm everybody. I was like, But you know what? That will weed out the weak because I feel like yeah. that maybe, you know, people will be like, Oh, that's too much. But the person that will stand up to it and say, That's not too much, that's the person that I want. So I'm, mean, yeah. it lives root really free in my mind because when she said it to me, she was like, You kind of control freak. And I was like, nah, but I had to (laughs) to receive it and understand that it was an objective opinion and and she's outside of my circle. So I I can see where where she's getting at with that. But at the same time, when it comes to dating, like whether you are just in it for the physical, be intentional. Whether you're Mm -hmm. in it for a relationship, for beyond unconditional love, marriage, whatever it's your children, whatever your intention is, be, be intentional say that I you know yeah. I say yeah. what I want up front and if the people go running I say that's, that's fine because I don't want somebody to mm-hmm. pretend or me not say anything and then I spring it on them like I thought you were going to be the one and yeah that's just more trauma that I have to take time out of my life to heal from and I don't got time for that I don't yeah. want that right now
2: okay <laughs> not at all not at no. all. And when I when I first got with my partner, I told him, I said, listen, I said, you have to know and understand the type of person I am. Mm-hmm. I said, so please know what you are getting yourself into. And yeah. because he's the type of man, he, he has had partners who he's been able to, he's just been able to, to do whatever he wanted and and you know kind of be however he wanted to be which is fine to me love is also freedom i'm going to allow you to be who you are just like i want you to allow me to be who i am right we, we both can be free and still be in this partnership but by the same token grow to understand me and who i am yeah and how i am yeah and make that make that effort because i'm going to make that effort with you so in the beginning it was very rough it was very rough i'm not gonna lie we we almost didn't make it quite a few times (laughs) august will be uh two years okay but my thing to him was always i told you from the beginning Mm -hmm. know what you are getting yourself into with me because (laughs) i am a different type of woman Mm-hmm. I said, listen, I did not go through all the things I went through in my life just to sit back and be quiet just because I want to have a man in my life. No, right. sir. Or just because I want to have a partner, whether it's a male or female or otherwise. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that anymore. Right. I spent too many years being quiet in relationships tolerating verbal abuse and emotional abuse. Yes just because I felt some type of way and I wanted him to love me, I wanted to to feel something from him Mm -hmm. and it just never happened. Yeah. So I speak and I express and if you cannot do that freely in a relationship, whether it upsets your partner's nerves or not, if they come back after a while and say, listen, help me understand or I'm trying to understand, let's talk about it, okay, that's progress. But if yes. they try to silence you oh, all day, you better, man, You better, you better dump them like yesterday. You better dump them like yesterday is gold. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel. And that's how I can either accept me, or you can either accept me, or you can understand me, or you can understand me, or you the way it if I'm still gonna eat me. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the part of that that's missing from the relationship goals that are presented on social media. And that's missing from the interactions that people are having on social media, because it's also fleeting. It's like, you kind of like a drive by, you know, I don't even know, a drive by flirting or something like that, you know, it's nothing, it's nothing that's um, (laughs) genuine, I guess, about it. Like if you go by somebody's page and say, oh, you look good. And you might never, you know, stop back by their page or... Oops, did she go and leave?
1: Well, I guess her connection finally ran out, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, we apologize okay. for losing our guests, but she was incredible, oh, by the way. <laughs>
0: she was. We love you, Fat Girl Freestyle. I hope to see you come... Maybe she'll pop back in. But I'm just going to end, I guess. We're going to wrap up anyways. But I wanted, to, I wanted to end on this because I think the way that we can um, start to heal, okay? That's the whole the whole message around that, is that how can we heal? We have to be the change we wanna see. So part of what I do on Rainbow Fro is, oh, she's back, yay. <laughs> oh, thank God, okay. Okay. Well, you were breaking up a little bit on the last sentence that you did and then It went away, so I thought maybe you lost the connection. Can you hear me? Mike, check.
1: Mike, check. She said like one line, and then.
0: Oh, we're so excited! Hopefully, you can hear me. Um, But we're wrapping. I'm going to wrap up uh, so that you know we can. Maybe we can have some conversation off of uh, the podcast, and maybe we can meet again on the podcast too. Because I really enjoyed you, Fat Girl Freestyle, um, and but yeah, basically, if we can be the change that we want to see when it comes to how we interact with people, and just giving um, that that human aspect back to. I know we're all communicating online and. And that's fine and sometimes that's necessary but just giving that human aspect treating people like they're actually humans and not objects you know not just men to women but women to men too and um, and bringing back that what I call it is is deference like you're a human and you deserve respect like I'm a human and I deserve respect and just giving you know giving that Back to our lives, especially I'll have to say it again black men and black women Take care of each other. Okay, don't don't let people uh, convince you to turn your backs on each other. That's not cool and that way we can kind of like you know, I'm saying bring it full circle and uh, (laughs) And just heal that's the main thing heal (laughs) So yeah, I do I like to talk about a lot of self-love body positivity and um, relationship interactions, things like that on my page at rainbowfro87. Check me out on IG. I also do some really, you know, fun little fashion posts and things like that. So definitely check me out. I have a book, a poetry book on Apple Books called Black is the Color of the Rainbow. And um, yeah. And also, I have merchandise on my IG. Um, I didn't talk about my self-care skincare line this time. But next time we come back, I'll talk more about that because we have some new things coming our way. So I definitely want to talk about that when those launch. Um, But in the meantime, I hope everybody uh, stays safe, um, begins their healing process, and have a wonderful evening.
1: Absolutely. And you heard it here first on who they want entertainment. Y'all enjoy y'all night. You did? Peace.